0: Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo
1: bhagavate vasudevaya
0: bhagavate bhagavate vasudevaya So today, we are reading from Shrimad bhagavatam Canto Four, Chapter Twenty Nine, Title: Talks between Narada and King Prachinabari. Text number seventy-two. Garbi Bali Pi Apauskal Yad garbe paanye pe apauskal apauskalya garbe
1: paanye abhyoya
0: ekadasa vidam tada ekadasa vidam ekadasa vidam tada
1: ekadasa vidam tada
0: lingam na disyate yuna drashtate yuna kuvam candramaso yata kuvam bon 43P- candramaso yata
1: kuvam
0: candramaso yata kuvam sarve bhagavaya namo tada Chandra Yata, who am Chandra Maso Yata, who am Chandra Maso Yata, who am chandra, chandra Maso Yata. Garbe, Garbe. in the womb, Balye, in, in, in boyhood, Api, in also, also. also. oppose Kalyat
1: About
0: because of immaturity. Ekadasa Eka Eka The ten senses and the mind Vidam In the form of, of. Tada At that time Tadha. Lingam. Lingam. Lingam The subtle body or false ego, body or false ego. Na. Na. na Not, Not. Not. Drishtyati is visible. visible Yuna, Yuna Of the youth, of a youth. Kuvam, Kuvam. During, the dark during the dark moonlight,
1: Chandramasa, Chandramasa. The, moon. the moon, Yatha,
0: as. Yes. Yes. Translation by His Divine Grace, When one is a youth, all the ten senses and the mind are completely visible. However, In the mother's womb or in the boyhood state, the sense organ and the mind remains covered, just as the full moon is covered by the darkness of the dark moonlight. Okay, we'll read the translation repeatedly. When one is a youth, all the ten senses and the mind mind are completely visible. visible. However, However, in the mother's womb womb, or in the boyhood state the sense organ and the mind remain covered. covered. Just as the the full full moon is covered by the darkness
1: of the dark
0: moon So, we'll read the purport. Please be attentive. When a living entity is within the OM, his gross body, the ten sense organs, and the mind are not fully developed. At such a time, the object of the senses do not disturb him. In a dream, a young man may experience the presence of a young woman because at the time the senses are active. Because of undeveloped senses, a child or a boy will not see a young woman in the dreams. The senses are active in youth even when one dreams and although there may be no young woman present, the senses may act and there may be a similar discharge, nocturnal emission. The activities of the subtle and the gross bodies depend on how developed conditions are. The example of the moon is very appropriate. On a dark moonlight, the full shining moon is still present, but it appears not to be present due to conditions. Similarly, The sense of the living living entity are there, but they only become active when the gross body and the subtle body are developed. Unless the senses of the gross body are developed, they will not act on the subtle body. Similarly, because of the absence of desires in the subtle body, there may be no development in the Gross body. Oh <coughs> again, Timurandasya Jnana Anjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Hena Tasmai Shri Guru Sri Shri Chaitanya Manopistam Stapitam Hena Bhut Swayam Rupa Gadamahe Padantikam Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadara Shiva Sadi gaurabhakta Vrindar Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Krishna Hare, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare, Krishna. Hare Krishna. This chapter 29, which is titled The Talks Between Narada and King Prechiniya Bhavi, is a very lengthy chapter it's got about 85 verses we are on to the 70 second verse so it is a good idea to very quickly recap right so that we follow the we follow and pick up the thread so this chapter as I said, 85 verses. Hmm? What's happening with the first to the 25th verse, Narada Muni explains the allegorical story of Puranjan in which he was talking about intelligence, body, senses, the queen represents intelligence, etc, etc. We went through that. So, 25 verses has been discussed on that. Then, Verse number twenty six to thirty three, Narada Muni gives direct description of the material existence, <coughs> very elaborate detail about material existence. Then, thirty four to forty one, Narada Muni ends prechiniya bar performance of Vedic rituals. He puts a halt. Then, forty two to fifty one. Narada Muni gives direct description of material existence again then 52 to 55 Narada Muni explains an allegorical story again one more allegorical story what is that second allegorical about this story then 56 to 59 Prachiniya Bharata after hearing Narada Muni for a very long time Prachiniya Bari rejects fruiting activities and enquires from Narada Muni. These are the three questions he asked, you know, isn't it? Remember, 57, 58, 59, he asked a few questions about transmigration. <coughs> then, from 60 to 69, obviously, Narada Muni has to explain the process of transmigration of the soul. Now, we are on to our session section which is 70 to 79 where Narada Muni further details the mind's role in the process of transmigration although we say that the soul is going through the transmigration but the media in the material world is through mind, it happens through mind. Mind is a facilitator, it it does the transmigration with the help of the soul. And therefore, Narada Muni is going to explain from 70 to 79. And finally, 80 to 85, Narada Muni departs. King Prachiniyabhari renounces. And then, Maitriya Muni offers benediction for hearing all this 85th chapter. Of hearing this, what is the benediction Maitriya Muni is going to offer? The speaker is going to talk at the 85th word. 85th verse, but still, I don't want to keep in suspense because Krishna conscious is not suspense. What he says is those who explain this allegorical story to others will get free from the bondage of material existence because it tells you everything about the body, senses, soul transmigration, and therefore one is free from the material bondage. This is a benediction Maitre Muni is offering to all the readers. So, with that note we start today's lecture. Yes? So, having said that, this particular section, which is going from 70 to 79, is talking about the mind's role in transmigration, let us try to revisit one section before, which is talking about, Narada Muni is presenting the transmigration of soul, about the soul itself. Now oh, this transmigration of soul is a fact. It is not a theory. It is not a concoction. It is a fact. Which Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita chapter. Chapter 2, verse number, verse number 21, very sorry, verse number 2.13. Krishna explains very clearly. What, do you, what does it say? 2.13 Dehi nos minyata dehi komaram yavaram jara tata dehendra prapti deh restatra na muhyate. Okay, very clearly the Lord says, as an embodied soul passes in the body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes into another body at death. This is a fact confirmed by Krishna in 2.13. It's not just a theoretical talk, a mundane talk. It's a fact. Then, we are changing bodies. That is also confirmed by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita 2.22. What is that verse? Do you know the whole thing? It's a very good uh, verse actually. You know, Prabhu? Can you say the verse?
2: It's
0: a very rhyming (inaudible) verse. You know,
1: Prabhu?
0: What a rhyming verse, you know. What it says is, Krishna, just as a person puts on new garments, giving up the old ones. Similarly, the soul accepts new material bodies, giving up the old and the useless ones. Hmm? So the body change is explained. Then Krishna also says that the mind is a mechanism behind transmigration, which is the essence of this verse. Where does it say? In 8.6, the Lord says, Yem, Yem, Vapismaran, Bhavam, Tejainti, Ante, Kalevaram, Whatever state of mind, one remembers when one quits the body, that state he will attain without fail. So, whatever we do in this lifetime creates an impression and the sum total of all the impression will lead to the thought at the time of death, which will lead to our next body. So, that is the essence. This is all the confirmed statement of the supreme authority in Bhagavad Gita. It's interesting to know that not only this culture of Krishna consciousness was prevailing in the East, but also it was also prevalent in the West, It's very hard to believe, isn't it? This theory was also prevalent. Some of the scientists and inventors in the West, especially America, they knew that the body, the soul is going to take a different body when the body dies. It's amazing, isn't it? They may not know exactly the confirmed statement as per Bhagavad Gita, but they had this knowledge. In the Western world also, so some of the scientists, you know, like Thomas Alva Edison. Have you heard of him? When I was in the school, I used to, you know, we have to read that. Thomas Alva Edison. What is he meant for? What did he discover? Bulb. He also discovered telegraphy and telephone, also. Telegraph hmm? <laughs> and bell. So telegraph and bulb and all this stuff, related stuff. Thomas Alva Edison. Then Benjamin Franklin. <laughs>
1: taking the knowledge from but the, right. the knowledge is the already there in the, in the is, so, no yeah. thing, right? but
0: not necessarily you know they may study they may have some exposure, exposure right but the end of the day coming to the conclusion of soul is not easy not easy at all right to come to come out of the material existence not easy to understand that they had this understanding okay benjamin franklin what did he invent he invented electricity. Then, Henry David Thoreau is a reformer and a writer. And then, Walt Whitman is a poet and a writer. Now, all these people add this phenomena, or the thought or you can say an understanding that we are the soul and when we die, the soul takes another body. It's amazing, isn't it? Therefore, they deserve mention all these scientists. But, unfortunately, there are some scientists who will also not believe. In the Western, for example, when Srila Prabhupada went to Moscow in 1971, Professor Kotoski, what did he say? He is a head of Department of Asian Studies. What did he say? If the body is finished, everything is finished, Swamiji. This was his comment. And therefore, Prabhupada was surprised. You are a big professor. is said, oh, you know, you are talking like this. So, these are also some of the statements of Western people. Why? Because they don't have a firm understanding as they study Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, one should not read Bhagavad Gita. One should study Bhagavad Gita with faith, then it will be okay. We'll move on. So, in the purpose, what is Srila Prabhupada talking? Srila Prabhupada is talking about three points. In the womb, the living entity has got a a mind and the senses, but they are not fully developed. But as the child comes out, and as it grows, you know, like a small child, like a small boy, a seven or eight years old, or something, nine years old, when he becomes a small boy or a girl, still they are not attracted to the opposite sex because the senses are underdeveloped. Srila Prabhupada makes a comment, underdeveloped. But when one becomes a youth, what happens? <laughs> the senses and the mind are fully developed and therefore all the problem starts. <laughs> this has been explained and Srila Prabhupada goes in the in the Srimad Bhagavatam. our Srila Prabhupada goes to the extent of even saying in a dream a man is attracted to the woman and therefore you know it is so intense although he is dreaming, sleeping yet attraction because the senses in the youth is very very strong this is a point he is making with based to the, po- based to the uh, uh, you know the extent of how the mind and the senses are so active there is a point he is making we will discuss a few of this points a bit later but I am just trying to emphasize this point hmm? So, let us see what is mind and the senses. Little bit, explore. hmm? Mind is subtle. Sorry, mind is subtle. Actually, subtle. It's a subtle sense. It's subtle. It's full of desires. And it is a habit-forming machine. You do something today, tomorrow it wants it, and third day it will become a habit. You cannot stop it. It's a habit-forming mission. That is why in our moment, you know, we are insisting on chanting on everyday basis. Because it's a practice. Hmm? And what is the senses? The senses are like an instrument. It's an instrument to enjoy the mind's desires. Mind is producing desires and the senses are given to enjoy. For example, in my mind I'm thinking, 11 o'clock I'm going to see a movie. Bollywood movie. I'm going to see. And therefore, what I need? <coughs> I need my eyes to see. So, at eleven o'clock, the mind would say, okay, come on, let's see a movie. So, I need the eyes to see. The eye is an instrument to enjoy. And it sees. Interesting, it is said that the sense, the mind, right, is full of desires, right? It is compared to an ocean. And then, the senses is like an instrument, which is compared to a cup. How can you empty a cup or fulfill a cup, a small cup, using a small cup, you're fulfilling the desire of an ocean? Is it possible? A big ocean is there and I've got the small cup. How can I satisfy by drinking or pouring it out, whatever maybe you're doing? It's not possible. So the mind desire is vast, like this. And the senses are only very small. That is, when I say senses, I mean the sense organ. Because as we discussed in one of the previous classes, the senses are already in the mind. The mind and the senses is a package. This is a sense organ. It's external. Okay? So, when we say senses, the moment we see it is stored in the mind. So, sense and mind is one unit. And comes the sense organ, different organs for enjoyment, for enjoyment. Tasting the sense object. Hmm? Now, in this regard, the Supreme Personality of God, Sri Krishna, in his conversation with his very dear friend, Udhava, in the 11th canto, 13th chapter, Lord is discussing one pastime about the mind and the senses. He is saying to Udhava, Lord speaks to his friend, dear friend, Udhava, in the material world, The people are overwhelmed with the sense and the sense object because of the mind and the senses. And they are stuck with the three modes. They catch it and it's very difficult for him to escape that. This is how I have created. Krishna is explaining how he has created. Because this is a desire of the living entity, the Lord declares. And therefore it catches. Then he further goes, the Lord further goes and explains (coughs) Sudhava. I would like to narrate one, Lord is explaining, I would like to narrate one incident, just to tell you the overpowering, uh, um, the overpowering uh, reason of this senses and the sense object, how they are binding a living entity. He says, I want to give you an example, one illustration. Many time back, Krishna says, Brahma had four sons, right? Mental sons, four sons. Right? Headed by Sanaka. Now, what are the... Do you know the name of the four sons? Sanatkumar. Four sons, mental sons he had. Now, one of the sons headed... All the four sons headed by Sanaka once went and approached Brahma. My dear father, you are the creator of the universe. You have created the living being with the senses and the mind. Don't you know that, the boys are asking uh, Brahma, don't you know that when the living entity sees an object, the object is lodged in the mind and the mind is attracted to the object. For example, I am looking at this. It is lodged in my mind and I am thinking of this. You have created like that. If that is the case, how can the living entity come out of the material existence? You have locked them like for example you are calling someone into the house and you lock them and you say don't go out I will not leave you this is what you have done my father why are you doing that what is the reason behind that then Brahma got to be yes because Brahma was in the his duty is to create material bodies he was in the mode of passion and therefore his mind was stuck see when we are in angry or when we are in the mode of passion, we cannot give complete knowledge to others. Our mind will freeze. Now, the similar thing happened to Brahma. He could not answer that. And then what he did? As a devotee, as a pure devotee of the Lord, immediately he worshipped the Lord. Lord, please help me. My sons are asking me questions. I cannot answer them. I am the big creator. Then the Lord came as swan avatar. And he highlighted to Brahma. What did he say? Brahma, you have created because I have asked you to create. You are the secondary creator. I am the primary creator. You have done it like that. Correct. But there is only one way. Krishna says, I always, have, we always create something, but there is a solution to that. The solution is, unless you bring me between sense and the sense object, there is no way living entity can be coming out of the material existence. For example, if I like this, if I keep on looking at this, I will like it more and more that is lodged in my mind and the desire to keep it, touch it, feel it, will become more and more for me. Therefore Krishna says, the only reason is bring me between the sense and the sense object. Once you bring Krishna, then automatically that will go. This is exactly what Srila Prabhupada has done this moment. This moment is exactly. You want to eat. If you eat something without offering to Krishna, then the attachment grows and you become bound. Rather, you have it developed. You bring Krishna, you take Krishna Prashad. You want to see something, look at the beautiful deities. You want to talk, talk about Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, you are free, liberated. This is the answer which Amshabata, the swan form, came and told Brahma, and Brahma gave the reply, and the boys were happy. Therefore, what we understand, we understand that the human life is very precious. It has to go through 8.4 million species. Right? Why the human life is so important? You have heard this time and again. Hmm? We will go, we will go and see that in a minute, why it is important. But before we go, I said the human life is very precious. Srila Prabhupada, elsewhere in one of the quote, he says, there are a lot of woods for burning. In the past, In the previous olden times, they used to have wood to burn, to make uh, heat or to cook. They use wood. There are many varieties of wood. But, without knowing the importance, if I use sandalwood sandalwood for cooking or heating, is it a good idea? No. I am wasting the potential. So, like this human form, it is like any other form, temporary form. This human form is also temporary. It's going to die. We have got birth and death. But in respect to this body, we can take a Krishna consciousness in advance. That is the importance of Krishna consciousness. In the human form, we can take up. That's the advantage. So it is like a sand loop. Even though there are so many bodies, but our body is like sand loop. With the human form, is like a sand loop. Therefore, it should be used very carefully. That is why it is very precious. Now, coming back to the 8.4 million species, let us see how it is important. We are going to see the evolution, evolution of the humans from the bottom till the human species. First, on the bottommost rung is the trees. The consciousness is very, very dull. Hmm? The trees have only the sense of... what do the tree have? Sense of touch only. That’s the bottommost. Hmm? This is the bottommost of the consciousness. The hum, human being, if he has got the dullest consciousness, if he is pushed on to the bottom most, then he can become trees and plants because they got only the sense of touch. Whenever you touch a plant, you know how it changes or it has got some reaction. So, they got only sense of touch. We are seeing how the senses are slowly evolving. The sense of, pers- the sense of perception is the only thing by which a human being grows, sorry, which, which a living entity grows up gradually. Hmm? Next one is aquatic, fishes and all this, you know. What do they have? They have the sense of? Taste. Taste. In the Bhagavadam class, if you are going onto your, com, uh, your phone, you are not going to be attentive. I'm writing down notes. Ah, writing you down, okay. If it is writing down notes, it's good. Because you are not going to make a full uh, worth of it, actually. So, aquatics, what is in Aquatics. What do they have? They have the sense of taste. So, aquatics fish has got the sense of touch as well as a sense of taste. Then, the next one is bees and insects. What do they have? Smell. Yes, smell. obviously, the sense of smell in addition to the bottom one, you know, sense. Now, once again, going back, the trees has got, how many forms are there? Two million forms. When we say 8.4 million, these are the forms we are talking about. 8.4 million forms means what? Consciousness. Based on the consciousness, they get a form. So 2 million types of trees and plants are there. It is true. And then, aquatics is nine, nine 900,000. Close to 1 million. Then, bees and insects. And the next category, both is million. What's the next category? The next category is... Serpents. Crawling. What do they have? What sense do they have? In addition to all the three? The snake has got a very good hearing. Because... Sometimes in the dark night... The toad, you know... Toad. They'll be cracking. So the snake... Even though... It is in darkness... It will say, oh, the toad is there, you know, tadpoles are there. So, it will go and take it. So, hearing, the the snake has got a very good hearing and therefore it goes and takes its prey. Then, what's the next one? The next one is birds and animals. What is, uh, they have developed little bit of intelligence. What do they do? They can distinguish one form from another form. Birds. That is why we can see that the animals like tiger and all that, they will not, uh, they might kill or something, their own uh, cubs and their family members, but they will only attack the others. Hmm? Because they know, this is my pizza, this is my lasagna, I am going to eat, things like that they are going to attack. Hmm? They can distinguish between one form to another form. They know who is superior to them and who is junior to them, who is inferior to them. Accordingly, they will you know. So, they can distinguish. So, they all belong to the four-legged groups. And then comes the two-legged, which is human. And the human form is four hundred. Four hundred different forms or species, or not species, you can say, four hundred different consciousness of humans. It is, it is true. One may ask, does it mean that there are 400 types, you know, of human being? What we mean is a consciousness. The three modes, right? It mixed together to make these forms. All based on three modes of determination. Okay? So, this is about the different evaluation. So, in our process, So, the mind and the senses are giving problem. So, what is the best way to control the mind? Easy way to control the mind. Simple. Hear and chant. Not only chanting, you should hear also. Hear what? Hearing and chanting. First it comes with Shravanam and Kirtanam. Hearing and chanting is a primary aspect of devotional service. Very, very important. Okay. Having said all that, that's all good. A person is progressing, like Manmohan Prabhu, progressing, you know, is going higher and higher, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> progressing, you everyone. even… Manmohan Prabhu, oh, oh, he's so, you know, clever, smart and all the going. Now, what happens, maya is also seeing um, – what do you think? I'm sorry, Prabhu, I'm giving a wrong maybe not you, i I'm safe for me. No. Oh, Suryangapalli is thinking that he's talking too much of, uh, you know, classes, okay, let us pull a little bit and see what he is up to the mark, okay? Is he really talking or not? So maya can trick, because again, maya is nothing but the Lord's own energy, Krishna's own energy, is going to test, like an examiner, you know? An examiner will get the best student, right Prabhu, university, we want the best student, so we will give them hard questions, let them answer, one, one who ha- answers the hardest question is a brilliant fellow. So, this is what Krishna wants, the purest to come to him. So, Maya is, will also, because so far we are talking about Krishna consciousness all of that. The other side will see. Maya said, hmm, this person, okay. Let us try to see, what this guy is up to, okay. Then Krishna will say, go on, go on, I will give you permission. Okay. So, there are three ways. One can, fall down. Very important for us, isn't it? One, is as we discussed, the mind is full of desires, right? Through the desire, one can fall down. And the second one is, through intelligence. If the intelligence is not sharpened, if it is not sharpened with Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, then also one can fall down. Right? But these two are okay. The third one is very dangerous. What is that? You will say offense and all that. That is a different category. That is Krishna's side. You are talking Maya side. Okay? Offense is Krishna's side. If you do an offense, that's okay. But this is completely Maya side is mind, intelligence and? Let's say again, uh, for ego, little bit higher, higher, higher fall down. We are going to see some uh, scriptural history, scriptural fruit how these people cannot come back hmm? the senses mind means senses if I say hundred rupees ten hundred rupees ten rupees already included so when you say mind senses already a package mind intelligence and faith heart that's most important heart where is a faith stored you know Krishna Kansha, first is adho shraddha where is the faith not in the mind not in the intelligence the heart so, the heart changes. Therefore, one becomes a devotee. Prabhu, don't put your fingers in the mouth. You have to wash and come. Go wash your hands and come. It's a standard. Okay? So, what happens is, quickly, um, so three levels are there. okay? Mind, intelligence and heart, faith, faith. Okay, we are going to see three scriptural stories from Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, the first one is what's the first one for the mind?
1: I'm thinking. Okay.
0: Chaitanya Charitamrita. We are taking Chaitanya Charitamrita. Now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had an assistant known as Kala Krishna. Have you heard that? Now, this is also appropriate here. Kala Krishna is an assistant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Lord himself. Very powerful. Now what happened? When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to the South Indian tour, Kala Krishna, it was decided by all the devotees. See, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will not decide anything. It will be decided by all the senior members and the devotees. Okay? Then the devotees said, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Oh Lord, please take uh, Kala Krishna Prabhu. He is a very good friend of you. He is a very nice person. He will help you out. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will not refuse. No, Devotees, yes, okay, I will take him. So he went along with the Lord. The Lord had the South Indian rule. At one point, Prabhupada, Krishna, imagine again I'm stressing this point. It's a personal associate and a servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Lord. What happened? He came in contact with the gypsy women. The group. Gypsy group was there and all that. And Kala uh, Kalakrishna was attracted to one girl. You know, Gypsy, they don't take bath. Maybe once a while or something. So dirty people. And this Kalakrishna. Is under the Lord's lotus feet, so pure, by mind and also by body. Somehow he got attracted to the gypsy lady, who's impure, and the character also we don't know. Then they started mingling. And he was so much attracted to the girl, he went and stayed overnight in the group. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu got, see the Lord himself, he got so angry and furious. He tolerated next day morning. He went into the camp, you know, because he's a lord. He caught hold of him and dropped him back. And he said, You left my service and you've gone to a lady and enjoying. And therefore, he said, He did not look at it. He tolerated for the two. When he went back, he said, This guy, I don't want him. Take him away. I don't want to see the rest of my life because he left my association and gone to a lady to enjoy okay then later on people devised a plan and they brought him back Kali Krishna back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu okay now this is he could not the desire was overwhelming for him okay so he could not control the desire and he had he went with the lady and all that so this is at the mind level but because of the association of the devotees he came back this is possible okay? even though there is a but we should not use it as a practice it is possible then the second one story is a mind sorry first is a mind desire second one is intelligence in the sixth chapter Sukadeva Goswami is talking about this story Ajamila he is born in a Brahmin family following all the religious principles properly. Spot on. But what happened, once he went into the deep woods to collect some, you know, probably you are again doing that. Yeah. So, what happens is, you have to, he went into the wood, okay, to collect, he went into the deep forest, to collect some woods for his yagya. Now, on the way, Connecting the woods and come. he saw Sutra, one man and a woman embracing each other, and that was reflected in his mind. He could not, he could not forget that sight. Wherever he goes, that is in the intelligence, in the you know mind, and it was disturbing so much. Now it, he was so much overwhelmed by that. What he did, he lost buddhi nasho, lost his intelligence. He wanted to live with a lady, so he had a brahminical wife. He said, I don't want. He went and got that prostitute and he was living with her and we know what happened at the age of 80 he got a son and therefore but what happened is because his intelligence was lost till the end of the life he could not come back to Krishna but because he had the association of yeah, correct spot on Vishnu Dutta's association therefore he was corrected and just, just at the last fag and almost on a boundary side. So, very risky. Intelligence also very risky. Then, we see the faith level in the heart. If the heart is lost, Krishna conscious, one will never come however much years or something. What is the scriptural story for this? In Ramayana, when Lord is going to be coronated. As a king, just a day before, Kaikeyi had a conversation with Mandara. Kaikeyi loves Rama more than his her own son Bharat. That was the state. And this Mandara came overnight preaching Bhagavatam class. On and on and on. What are you? You are a fool. You don't know what is the plan. Your son is important. You gave birth to him. You know, please consider this. He said, come on, don't talk all this nonsense. Rama, you know, is my son. He said, no like this, you know, this way, that way. By the... Overnight, see, listening to that constant, you know, uh, what you call non-devotees association with Mandara, Kaigei was a devotee. Changed. And she said, Yes, I want not only Ram to not to accept, but to go out of Ayodhya, leave and go. So look at that by overnight association. And that what happened was completely kaige's faith, you know, mandara disrupted, removed the faith. Adoshadha. The faith is gone. We see that in the case of non-devotees, they will not come to Krishna conscious. Even if they come, they'll go away. Why? Because the heart is where the faith is stored. And they don't have faith. Looking at, what is this, this is Krishna? From Marble, you're praying. I don't know. I want to go to the movie. <laughs> I want to go and take a coffee. Simple. No faith. But in Krishna conscious, what happens? The Lord is giving you faith. No matter. Whatever I tell you, guys, you will not go. Because of the faith. <laughs> That that is given by the Lord Himself. So the faith, if it is destroyed, or faith, if it is not there, one is very difficult to come to Krishna. That is why our process, everything that is a faith, starts with faith, and when you do what? Bhajana kriya or uh, uh, sadhu bhajana kriya. All this faith is constantly growing. And when you go to Bhava and Brahma, you got the topmost, you know, 100% faith. So, right now, as a neophyte, we start with 2%, 3%, like that. And then the faith goes. So, the faith is the most important thing in Krishna consciousness. That is why we should nourish that. That is why all our processes are faith processes. Start with the faith and grow. Okay? Now, finally, to end this class, I've got a, a small story to finish off. This is because about talking about mind and senses, we'll have a small story regarding mind and senses. Okay? Once, there was a sage. Sage is on the top of a mountain. He was meditating. A small, young person was climbing the mountain. He went to the top of the mountain, somehow, because he is just a young person, Mountaineer he climbed and he went to the sage. And he was looking at all the sage, he could not understand who the sage is, he is doing meditation and all that. Then he thought, should I disturb or not? But he was curious to know what he was doing. He did not even know, that's meditation. Should I disturb him or not? Should I disturb him or not? He was wondering, at that time, the sage the sage opened eyes. Hare Krishna, what do you want? Then this guy, the angry person said, what are you doing? I want to know what you are doing. I am very curious to know. You are sitting in a place at the top of the mountain. Because I came as expedition. But you are sitting there. What, what are you doing? Then the sage said, listen, I am very busy, don't disturb me. (laughs) Then this young person was surprised. What are you doing? You are very busy. I see you that you are sitting all by yourself. Why why are you saying you are busy? Please explain to me what you are doing. He said, I am very busy. I am controlling someone and therefore I am busy. Still, the young person could not understand. He said, please sir, please be elaborate, tell me. He said, I am controlling two hawks, two eagles, two rabbits, one snake, one donkey. What is it? He is controlling what? Two hawks, two eagles, two rabbits, one snake, one body. Eh? What is a body? Donkey's body. Okay? I'm managing this. Then, this young person became very curious. Okay, something interesting. He looked at all the side. he went there. The yogi, <laughs> he told this. He was not joking, he was serious. Then he went around and saw, Sir, you know, he got a little bit scared. What are you saying? There are no donkey, there is no snake. And there's no rabbit or anything. And you're saying that. He said, my son, I'm trying very seriously to, you know, control this. Please don't disturb me, you know? He was more curious. Please, sir, I'm tall at your feet. Please explain to me what do you mean. Then the sage said, yes. And when I said I'm controlling two hawks, I mean I'm controlling the two eyes. Because hawk is there, eagle is there also. What's the difference between hawk and eagle? The hawk is a smaller animal, but the eagle is bigger. The eagle is very powerful with the legs. The eagle can even snatch you with your leg. So powerful with the leg. But hawk goes for a smaller prey. It's similar to the eagle, but it likes smaller prey. But the eagle, it will not if it wants, it can even pick you up. Some powerful eagles are there. Very powerful with their legs. Okay? So he said, When I say hawk, I mean the two eyes. Because hawks, you know. If it sees something, it's got a very powerful eyes. Both of them have got powerful eyes. Hawk and the eagle. Hawk, smaller prey, as I said, it will go, put suppress on the prey and then kill it and take it. Such powerful. But he doesn't care who it is. He just lands. He said, I'm controlling the hawk, I said, because my eyes, it doesn't discriminate. If I see someone, immediately I look without any discrimination. And therefore, I'm trying to control my hawks. He said, when I met the eagle, I meant my hands. My hands have got no control. Whatever I do, whatever I feel like I do it, I don't have control. So I meant the eagle. When I said rabbit, I meant my legs, which is very soft. The legs want doesn't want to do austerity, want to walk or anything. It just wants to lie down and then on the sofa and nicely, you know, relax. That's why I said rabbit, because many people they you know they put their you know whatever the legs and all that you know. So my legs are soft like rabbit, but it wants to stay in one place. You know, rabbit, it doesn't want to go out one place. Wonk, it likes wonk. Then when I said snake, I meant my tongue. My tongue is very, very poisonous. It always bites others through my words. Without my knowledge, I will bite because very harsh word I use on others and therefore I become like a venomous snake with my tongue. I am trying very hard to control that and then when I said donkey, I mean this body because very lazy, I don't want to do anything, I want to relax. So this body compared to the donkey. Therefore, I am trying to work very hard to control my senses. That's what I am trying to say. For you, it may look that I am not doing anything. But internally, I am meditating to control, it's very difficult to control, right? So what is a Yogi trying to control? He is trying to control his eyes, he is trying to control his hands, he is trying to control his legs, he is trying to control his tongue and he is trying to control his whole body which is full of senses. The body is a bag of senses. And therefore, what is our process? We do not have to go to the Himalayas and you know, shivering and control my hand and like this. What is our process? Simply engage in Srila Prabhupada's movement. Krishna conscious moment. All you have to do is joyfully perform. You do not have to do it with sadness. Simply engage in Krishna conscious activity. And then, you are already controlled. This is a process. Right? Okay, now we will stop here. You had a bit of a, <laughs> a lengthy class now. It's a serious topic mind and senses, but that's how it comes. So, we have to control it, and the only way is very easy way is Krishna consciousness, hearing and chanting. Basic and then everything will follow through. Yes. We'll stop here. Anyone has got a comment, question, corrections? Yes. Hi, Krishna, thank you for
1: nice class. Just reading this line on the board that unless the senses of the cross body are developed, they will not act on the subtle body. So you have told us that the subtle body has the form, touch, um, taste. They are already there in the subtle body. And then, Mine. when these senses in the gospel develop, then they link to that. The interesting thing is uh, after the youth, when there is age, okay, the senses are not so active, but these senses are still active.
0: It's stored, already stored. It's already stored. impressions are stored. stored. See, when you say senses, that's why you know one class I was talking about sense and sense organ. Okay. So senses are there, but that's what Srila Prabhupada very cleverly has coined that word. That's why even in the beginning of the class I said there are three types of sense organs, you know, Srila Prabhupada is making. Once when a child is in the room, the senses are not developed. Srila Prabhupada is saying. Then when you become a when you become a, a child you know, seven, eight years old, then the senses are underdeveloped. When you are a youth and on, when you say youth means youth and on, the senses are fully developed. Correct. So, underdeveloped, not developed underdeveloped, fully developed. Now, when it's fully developed, whatever impressions you do, it is there. And therefore, in the old age, it's very difficult to remove it. Only the chanting process will remove. Yes. So, what is your question actually?
1: Um, Just a comment that um, actually it's stored since many lifetimes, but still, when the person is young, it's not active, even though, uh, like you're saying, always the impressions are there, but actually, even in childhood, the impressions are there from past lives,
0: but it's different how it acts. Good, very good point. Now, I don't have a reference, but I've heard a couple of lectures stating that a person's mode, you know, the mode is nature will come only after 13 years, teenage. And therefore, in our moment also, we heard that a child up to five years, he may not have to follow Ekadeshi. Because, you know, but the child, when it is 11, 12, 13 years, teenage, the modes will come. He wants to, you know, whatever, he wants to act in a movie, he likes opposite sex, or he wants to be a singer, whatever it may be, you know, the modes will come then. Because the senses, you know, it is still not mature. Like uh, you can, just a mundane example is if you sow a seed, you know, you can see the seed is inside the soil, but it's not popped up. Like that. The senses are there. So when they are in the teenager, it will come up, all will come up. That's why in our movement, especially the parents are a bit scared. (laughs) My son is four years, five years, six years, it's okay. Now when he becomes a teenager, what will happen? Based on the associations, if you are associating with Australian person, that's what they will get. You are not going to associate with the Australian and become a pure devotee, no, marriage. So, if you associate in the school with all the Aussie kids, that's what happens, right? So, association is so important. Atad tiaga. So, association is important because with the devotees, you should, it's been stressed twice. If you see association. Amongst devotees you should have association, among non-devotees you should not have association. So, association is the one thing which is common, right? In our movement, you… you must associate… you must associate with uh, devotees, you should not associate with non-devotees. That's the reason for that. And also, like in old age, you know, even though the senses are not strong
1: how hard the desires is still
0: there, nah? they don't weaken. No, in the old age, the senses are not strong, the desire is still there. I give you a very quick example, time is there. This is a story of Akbar. Akbar had a minister, right? Birbal. Birbal, right? Birbal. Birbal. Now, Akbar is a very smart king, okay? He asked Birbal. Do you think that when a person has a desire in the old age, is there still a desire there or it's gone? I, Akbar said, because of the old age, you know, the senses say, I, I want to eat my tongue, I don't have a tongue, my teeth, I don't feel like tasting, I don't feel like, you know, forget. But does it mean that because you cannot eat or something, the desire goes away? Then Birbal said, no, the desire for the old person is still there. Especially the lusty desire is still there. That is why he's taking next birth. Then Akbar could not believe that. Please can you prove it to me? part said, No problem. Now the Akbar had got a beautiful prince. Then he said, In your place, I want to take the king to a place, you know. The Birbar said, Akbar said, no. So they figured out that one of the old guys was about to die, you know. He's very old, some 90 years or something. He was in his deathbed. Then part uh, devised a plan such that first he will go then the king will come and then finally the prince will princess will come prince is it? princess prince, princess. Yes, yes. Princess. Okay, princess the girl will come now what happened the death man was you know dying almost you know. he was on the verge of his death then when he saw Birbal, he did not bother <laughs> when he saw Akbar the king you know Akbar was full of gold and all that But, when the young girl came, he was <laughs> like this. Then, Birbal looked at Akbar, Akbar said, the desire is there, he cannot enjoy, it. but like that. So, desire is very important. Krishna explains, why the Supreme Lord is explained, overwhelmed. He is talking to his dear friend, Uthaba, like how we talk, no? Krishna has explained to Udhava. Udhava, material energy, desires are overwhelming, very difficult. But if someone is engaged in my service, no problem. But one must engage in Krishna's service. Otherwise, it's very difficult. And sincerely, day in and day out, it's not we cannot take a rest, you know. Then it is okay. The moment you go away from Krishna, that's a problem. Repeatedly we said this, Krishna boli sajeeva. The moment you forget Krishna, you are gone. Because moment you forget Krishna means backward, you are turning your back. When you turn your backward, who, who you are seeing? Maya. Therefore, better you see Krishna always friend. You turn, you show your backward to Krishna, then you have to face Maya. That's a logic. Right? Okay, perfect. Any other comments, questions? Yes, message? Mataji, I just, in the, in the class I explained how Brahma's four sons have asked a question and Brahma could not answer. So please, I should not, <laughs> not ask a question like Brahma's sons. <laughs> yes, Mataji. Okay. Sorry, but it's, it's regarding to the subtle senses and the gross senses or the organ
2: of the senses. The concept of, um, or the perception of enjoyment is subtle, it's, uh, it's gross, because when we talk about the senses in the mind, because they're already there, when we experience kind of sense enjoyment, it's in the mental platform, the perception of the understanding that we are enjoying, or it's gross, gross because I'm trying to understand for example, when Mataji talk about uh, the desires and the senses in the mind, but when you are getting all the senses, are no, they are not working, they are not functional for the satisfaction of those desires. So trying to understand subtlety of the difference between the senses in the mind and the sense organs. Where is the enjoyment? The experience of the enjoyment?
0: It is all felt in the mind. In the mind. The mind, see, what happens is, in the material world, everything is a mind. Of course, there is a false ego component around all that. That is secondary. In the spiritual world, everything is soul. So, whatever you do, see, I have a desire to eat, I have a desire to go, I have a desire to eat, Everything is mind. In fact, the false ego works to protect the mind. The false ego duty is to protect the mind. Mind is the component in the mental world. Everything is revolving around mind.
2: Then we can experience also, for example, during the dream state, so while we are dreaming, we are sometimes even enjoying eating and listening, whatever kind of experience of enjoying while we are dreaming, Correct. so the senses are in the mind are active and experience that. Now, the question also is related to the subtle bodies on the ghost. For the enjoyment or their level of frustration, is because they are not able to enjoy it. but the senses are in the subtle platform
0: that they have. So, why is that problem? For, for any… for any enjoyment, you know, the cycle has to be completed. As I explained, you know, as Krishna is also explaining, senses should be attracted to the sense object. When you enjoy the sense of it, that's lodged in the mind. As long as it's not lodged in the mind, you're okay. For example, I'm touching this and I'm feeling that that is lodged in my mind. Oh, it is cold, it is hard. See, it is lodged in my mind. If I don't touch it, I don't know that it's cold and it's hard. Now, this feeling is in the mind. It will not go away. So therefore, the easier way in our process to control is first you come from the gross to the subtle. You can't go from the subtle to the gross. So first is I should not touch this and I should not feel it. Again, coming back, I'm touching this. I'm feeling it is cold and it is hot. It is hard, hard. And therefore, it is lodged in my mind. And the thought of hard and cold is struck in my mind. So the first is don't withdraw your Krishna says like a tortoise withdraw your sense organs don't touch it then it is lodged right and when it is lodged the pleasure is lodged and the mind is pushing for that again again it's lodged and then it comes into the cycle of vritti samskara and vasana practice first it comes as a thought If you act on the thought, it becomes samskara, impression. If you again act on the impression, it becomes tendency, habit. That cycle continues. And that is stored in chitta, consciousness. Not in the mind, in the consciousness, soul. Slowly it goes into the consciousness. Is it, okay, Mataji, is it? So the grass has got an effect on the cycle. Because in our system, you know, Krishna says, don't even have the gross. Gross has an impact. It's a two-way process. Senses are attracted to the sense object, and sense object is lodged in the mind. Once it's lodged in the mind, it's very difficult. I'm also trying to understand uh,
2: in different levels of experience of the nature. We have entities superior than human bodies, like our uh, and uh, other… Yes. Demi-gods, yeah. Demigods their body are not gross. Subtle. And they don't have…
0: They don't have that interaction with the gross to impress. Michi. But still they've got hands, they can feel it. But there a pleasure subtle is… subtle. More pleasure there, subtle is more pressure.
2: So it's
0: not the gross to the subtle, it's the subtle… Subtle to, to subtle. Subtle to subtle. In our case, Mataji, gross to subtle. There is subtle to subtle. They still they got hands. Yeah. Still they, you know? Subtle… and subtle is very important. The subtle is very dangerous. In fact, cross is okay. Say, for example, I don't want to see you, I can close my eyes. But if I am having a figure of you in my mind, I cannot lock that. So, in our case, it is better. If I don't want to eat, I will go away from the place. But the sub- demigods you know, when uh, uh, demigods also very dangerous, Mataji. for example, you know, the sun god, he wanted to have an affair with his uh, dr- driver's uh, wife, Arun. How do you talk about this? Overwhelming. I'm also trying to understand the different experience of the living entity who is passing through different
2: bodies. We were in like about the whole 8, cycle of the 8,000, 400,000 different type of body, including the bodies of systemic goals, of so superior living entities, and laws. Try to understand that, that impression and that experience of the senses in the subtle body because it's, a, it's, permanent, it's more permanent than the gross body and the jit and the consciousness in the living entity. For me, it's more in that way understanding
0: that process. Yeah, so probably answering your question, the demigod is the mode of goodness. Mode of goodness means sense control mode of passion means uh, mode of senses because we are, th- we are in, the, in the earthly planet right we are made up of mode of passion mode of passion means senses are all made up of mode of passion we must interact with the senses gross senses but the demigod already there because of the consciousness they are in the mode of goodness mode of goodness means sense control see they will not do atrocities like uh, humans once a while they will do something wrong Not all the time. You know, here, day in and day out, a person will drink and do nonsense. But demigod, they might have done once or twice and that's it. Because they are in the mode of goodness. In the mode of passion, desire is very overwhelming. And then in the mode of ignorance, it is atrocious. So their status is already mode of goodness. They are already... You know, the sense control is there. Once a while they are excited or whatever maybe, you know. Just so, so having said that, we cannot compare the mode of passion with mode of goodness, you know. It is some something like comparing iron with gold, you know, like that. So their structure is different. We have to compare apple and apple, oranges and orange rather than you know. what point is you mentioned
2: by Rama and uh, you know, it's based on passion because you cannot create in goodness but just trying also to understand that because due to the nature of passion uh, the interaction with the senses and an sense object and how the
0: kumaras inquire very good good, good question <laughs> now what happens is say as a devotee is right they should be in the mode of goodness yeah. okay That's what Srila Prabhupada once said. Now, when I go into the altar, I have to have some mode of passion. If I am in the mode of goodness, I will not be doing arathi. I will be catching like this. So you need passion in the mode of goodness. Act is goodness. But you need some passion. Passion means movement. You need passion to do arathi. And do the flowers and all that. So that is part of the activity. Because Brahma is also in the three modes. So for his activity creation, you need some passion. So even though I am doing transcendental service to the Lord, the passion is required to do arati. It's an act. So in that way, it is embedded. You know, you cannot say it is a passion. It is mode of transcendental mode, right? Give me an example. But for Brahma's creation, he was already creating bodies, different bodies. So he was overwhelmed for some time. As I said, sometimes. They are also overwhelmed, not all the time. So when Krishna explains the story of Brahma, that is after many once a time Brahma did that. It doesn't mean that he's doing all the time. Very rarely they come down and they go up. In our case, we always exist in mode of action or ignorance. But the demigod, in the mode of goodness, one second they'll drop down and they go back like that. Just a mundane. Thing. Is it okay, Monday? Uh, uh, but I have Take it maybe offline or something. <laughs> but that's over, you know what I mean? So, in, 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 in essence we can say, demigods are in the mode of goodness. But at times, they can drop to the mode of passion. Occasionally. Because they are governed by the three modes. They are still in three modes. But we as humans, in the mode of passion, we are always fault down. Because of that is our nature. Okay, okay. Hare Krishna. Gantara Srimad Bhagavadam ki Jagat Guru Srila Prabhupada Nithai Gaurapriya.